Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprofit.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that... Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. We are going to continue, and I name this, First of Falling Away. And I want to start uh, with the scriptures that we have been, or we started with uh, the last time in Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, Second Thessalonians 2, and the first three verses. It says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, 
that ye not be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter ask from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the son of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, as we begin to talk last time, uh, the, the, the key is the, is, the, is the falling away. And, uh, you know, for absolute eons of time, the churches had a lot of renditions and a lot of things to talk about about this falling away. Uh, of course, they talk about falling away from the things of God and the world being the way it was. Well, th- this isn't talking to the world. This is talking to the church. And, of course, as I said the last time, what we're facing and what we're seeing is very simple. It's a falling away from the church. We have got many, many numbers that are exiting the churches, and they're exiting the churches for the same reason as I have been screaming for numbers of years, that we as ministry are not feeding the people to the potential that they need to be, that need to be fed. And the second thing is that people come to a place, and after so long they come to the determination that, bless God, that it isn't working. And then that goes into the things, of course, that I've been teaching so long. I want to go in the book of Romans, and, and I started there last time, and I want to go back, and I didn't get to finish that, so let's go back to the first chapter of Romans, and, and let's uh, go back through that, because I don't think I did, uh, did uh, justify myself very well with those scriptures as to where I wanted to go. So Romans 1, 24, Wherefore God also gave unto them to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts, to the dishonor of their own bodies between themselves. Now, that, of course, we know that as the homosexuals or the gays, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, if you stop and think about that 25th verse, who has changed the truth of God into a lie. Now, I realize that when you begin to, when you begin to, to investigate that, when you begin to look at that, then you begin to realize that, that, and that, that there's a whole gauntlet of things that, that can go with that, all right? Uh, and, and bless God, we must understand that changing the truth of God into a law, lie can mean anything. And I'm going to take it further than probably you've ever heard the church, and I'm sure the church ever attempted to take it. When we did away with Sabbath, then what we were doing was just exactly this. We changed the truth of God into a lie. Now, I know that that's pertaining to 24, but it's also, it's also much wider in scope than that. And what we need to understand is that any time that we take God's truth and we change it, it will change it into the lie. And then we begin to serve the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did strange uh, change the natural use unto that which is against nature. Of course, we know that. And, and of course, today, you know, San Francisco was probably the, the leader in homosexuality. Now, I got myself in trouble a number of years ago, and uh, I ended up being on the front cover of the homosexual magazine of the state of Indiana. Now, I don't know how they got my picture for sure, but I ended up on the cover of it, and it was because I was on a radio station in Indianapolis, and I was preaching there, and I was preaching uh, about homosexuality. Now, what I did was, it made them all mad, I used the word queers. And I told them on the radio station the reason I used the word queers was because it sounded dirtier than to say the word gay or the word homosexual. I said, to say homosexual doesn't sound all that bad. To say gay doesn't sound all that bad. But bless God, when you say queers, that sounds pretty rotten. So I said, I'm going to call them queer. Now, at the same time, I said to, I said to, the, to that radio audience, I said, you, you understand that God loves all of us. It's the sin that He doesn't love. In other words, God loves us. He doesn't love the sin. And we know that those of you that are here tonight. But the fact of it is, they got all excited about it, and bless God, the, the, the homosexuals of, 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 of Indiana, the, the, anyway, their organization, decided that they would, they would smear me, so they did a smear campaign, and I ended up on the picture 
on the front page of their monthly magazine. Now, I never got to see it. I asked for it, never got to see it, but I was told that it was there, and that how that, that here I am, a minister of God, and how could a minister of God hate God's people? And again, they didn't hear a thing that I said. Now, the other thing that happened was that a, a minister called the radio station and, and, and complained and said it wasn't right to, for somebody to call uh, the, the homosexuals queers. And so the radio manager called me. And when he called me, I said, and he didn't tell me that the guy was a minister, but when he finished, I said, let me guess, the guy's a preacher. And he said, yes, in fact, it's his son that is the homosexual. I said, yeah, I thought so. I said, well, I said, you, you tell him that, bless God, that, you know, this thing, this thing, uh, you know, didn't mean to be that. So, so what the radio station did was, they asked me if I would do a number of, bless God, the ten minute, uh, uh, segments that they could put on the radio station because the FCC was about to come down on them because the, the homosexuals of the state of Indiana had, had gotten a hold of the FCC and the FCC was going to close the station down if, we, if, if I caused any more trouble. And I said, well, for a bit for me to cause trouble, I said, I, that's not what it's about. So anyway, I did these, these things that they wanted to do and they put it on the air and I explained that I was not against homosexuals. That bless God that I told him the reason I used the word queer is because it sounded bad and I wanted to shock those people into the realization they're going to burn in hell. Well, of course, they disagreed with that. And so anyway, I got on the thing. And, and so anyway, the manager called me. And anyway, what the manager did, he put a, a few uh, spaces on that radio station telling them that, that a minister had called in and had also complained. Now, uh, he said that when they started running these uh, short segments that, that, that I taped for him, he said they had to hire extra people to come in the radio station to man the telephones because the, the telephones got ringing so much. And he said, let me tell you something, Brother Decker, they were all ringing in your behalf. I said, well, Brother, I'd to tell you something. Well, he said, that still doesn't keep the FCC off my back. And I said, well, I, I guess it doesn't. But he said, let me tell you what's real interesting. He said, a, motor, a motorcycle gang, and he said, I don't mean the motorcycle gang for Jesus. They called in and said they want to know who that preacher was. They were going to go talk to the guy and get him to understand that he's wrong. And I said, well, hallelujah for that. So anyway, the, the, the story went this way. The story went that I told him, I said, now, I, I won't put that on there anymore, and you don't have to worry about it. And the guy said, well, thank you. And he said, I know you're a man of your word. And I said, yes, I am. So I was never the one. These were all pre-recorded pre messages, and all I did was I had a, some people that would, would do the fronts and the backs. I had a guy that was a, a, that on the TV in Evansville, Indiana, and he had a very professional voice, so he did the intros and the endings and, and told where they can contact me in the ministry and everything at. And, and so then I had another a brother and his wife that, that broke those things up into the segments that they need to be broken up into, and so they'd be in the number 30-minute uh, bracket, or 28 minutes, I think, we actually of airtime we bought. Well, now I told him, I said, I called him, I said, now you be sure that we don't, you don't get any more tapes. I said, I hate to put this burden on you, but to go to Indianapolis, be sure that we get no more tapes that says the word queer on it. You know something? He missed out, he missed out on it. The next set of tapes he sent up there had the word queer. And I'm telling you, this radio man, he called me up, and I mean, this brother was irate as irate could be, and I mean to tell you, he was completely out of hand. And I finally got him settled down. I said, now, brother, listen to me. I said, I told you I wouldn't do that. And I said, you've got to believe me. I said, I did not mean, I said, I don't want what went wrong. I'll have to check. I don't do this. I said, they told me that they would check. And I said, evidently they didn't. And evidently they didn't. And it was, it was uh, a brother that pastored right here, uh, him and his wife, uh, which um, she was here uh, recently, you know, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, at least Janelle does. And so anyway, uh, I got my. And anyway, I ended up getting off that station after a while because they, they, uh, it was just more convenient, I think, for me to get off for that man, for the FCC, to leave him alone. But you see what happens, and this is what happens: is that 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 when they that, that anytime anything goes against nature, 
And when you look at this thing, and when this thing began to explode years ago out in San Francisco, I began to say then, we're in for a long, long, long hard road to hoe because God's not going to tolerate that. Now, we've heard preachers, and I've said for years, that probably we far surpassed Sodom and Gomorrah in the way that, bless God, that we have this, this problem of homosexuality here in the United States of America, and I believe that we have. When I was in Barbados, they were down there having a big fit over the fact that they were going to have, I think that was going to be this next month, they're having a whole cruise ship come in there, and the whole cruise ship is full of gay people. And they're going to have a gay celebration on the island of Barbados. And so the, 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 you know, the Christian people saying, we don't want them to get off the boat, and the other people saying, well, let them in, they're people. And so, um, again, this goes on and on and on. Now, my, my question probably to you is, how many years do you suppose it took where they could get enough of those people who would come out, of the, as they say, come out of the closet, so in fact that they could put a whole boatload of them together, they could go do something like that? Well, it's a shame. Let's go to the next verse. Now, uh, let's see, 27. I'm in Romans 1, 27. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of a woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meant. Now, 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to the reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, you need to understand... You need to understand that when God turns over you to a retrograde mind, you think that you're doing right. Alright? And that's what's going on today. These people long ago were turned over to retrograde mind. Now let me tell you something else, and I want to, I want to correlate this, and I want you to get a hold of it. Now you know when I began to talk here a few verses back about the fact that, well, let me use the verse so, um, so I can tie it to it. When, when this came down to this place where God said at 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie. That, that the fact of it is that, that once God turned over, He turned over, the church got turned over because we got, went so long believing the lies in which we were told to believe. You ought to have seen those people in Baltimore and Washington, D.C. this past weekend when they, when I began to, to ask the question, what prophet said that we'd do away with, 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 or change the Sabbath? And what prophet said that, bless God, that we'd do away with Passover? And, 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 and they came one after another and they began to say to me, well, prophet, we never thought of it like that. You know why? Because we have been turned over to a retrobate mind and we don't even know it. Now, that's strong, but it's the truth. We're turned over, and now we would rather believe whatever it is. And once that happens to you, you can't believe the truth, because now you're believing what? You're believing a lie. Now, what's brought that out? Well, what's going to change that is that God had set a remnant from the foundation of this world. And the neatest thing that I'm seeing crossing this country is that that remnant is coming out. The remnant is coming out, and bless God, they are beginning now to walk free. They can now begin to walk away from, bless God, those things in which, bless God, they what? That they had been retrograde to. Because why? God, God can override that, and He does, any place in time. Let's go to Jeremiah, the seventh chapter. Jeremiah 7. Jeremiah 7, 11 through 15. Is this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. But go ye now unto my place which is in Shiloh, where I set my face at the first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. Now he's saying something here. And how because ye have done all these works, saith the Lord, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but... Ye heard not, and I called you, but ye answered not. Therefore will I do unto this house, which is called by my name, whereas ye trust, and unto the place which I go, I gave to you, and to your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. 15. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. Now, I think... 
And I believe that Jeremiah was speaking not only unto the generation that was there at hand, but I also believe that he was speaking far beyond that. Now, many, 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 many uh, scriptures in the Old Testament, the Tanakh parallels or is in parallelization unto generation to generation. That's, that, that, that's the reason that, that, that we understand that the Word of God is a living entity. In other words, it's alive. The Word is alive. The Word of God. And, and, and it does in every generation. And seemingly, uh, maybe differently, but it does. The Lord said, America is worthy of death and destruction. It's what the Lord God spoke to me numbers of years ago. And I begin, I begin to, to prophesy. And I begin to say that, you know, that the, that the, the covenant of death is upon America. And bless God that, that we made a covenant with death. The Bible talks about it. And I, and I begin to minister along those lines that we have made a covenant. How do we make a covenant of death? Because we walked away from the things of God. Dear God in heaven, and when you begin to look at this thing, you begin to examine this thing, then you begin to realize that, bless God, God has never changed. See, I keep that, the thing that I kept saying all weekend long was, I said, we must go back and examine the covenant. We gotta go back and look at the covenant that God created and see if in fact we're still keeping the covenant. Because somewhere along the line we were told that there was another covenant made. Well, there was, and you, you folks that are here are very well aware of that. And that new covenant is where God came out of the box, out of the Ark of the Covenant, and He wrote His law upon the hearts of His people. Now, we see now that they've got themselves in a position and talking about Shiloh. And now, do you remember what God did at Shiloh? God often warns us of what happened there. When you study a lot of the, the Tanakh, he, he refers back to Shiloh. Eli's sons, they were, they were priests, remember? <laughs> they began to sleep with the women, and they took advantage of the people. And that's what they did. Now, stop and think about Exactly what's going on today. Are the priests, are the ministers taking advantage and wrong damage, uh, advantage of the people? Yes, they are. Are they sleeping with other women? Well, that goes on, but that's the, but, but taking advantage of the people. How are they taking advantage of the people? They are presenting a gospel that, bless God, is far different than the gospel in which God delivered to us. Now, you know, Paul said the same gospel was delivered to them that was delivered to us. But with us, we did it with faith, but them they didn't. So everybody had the same opportunity to read this. Now, I realize that I just said and talked about a retrograde mind and how people get themselves wrapped up into those things and then they can't get, you know, they can't get back out of them. They, they were, they, they were given to people, uh, the, 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 the soup after they removed the meat. And that's what they were doing at Shiloh. They're taking, you know, they're taking all the nutrients and they're just actually giving them the water. They, they were robbing and raping the people. And, and what did God do? Well, you know what God did. God, bless God, He destroyed Eli's sons. He allowed the enemy to steal the Ark of the Covenant from the tabernacle at Shiloh. And that's what God did. Now, now the Holy Ghost has been taken from most of the church, as I've said for a number of years. And the church doesn't even know it. You know, when I, when I was ministering this weekend, it became very, very evident, very, very evident that, that I had begun to give to those people by the anointing of God something that they never considered. Now, because we have been told for years and years and years that it's this way, and I'm going to use the word cut and dried. And it's presented in this way. It's not going to change. This is the way it is. Get used to it or, or just accept it. And that's the way it is. God turned us over to a reprobate mind, and that's what we believe. But I'm here to tell you that anointing destroys the yoke. Amen? The anointing still destroys the yoke. So when the anointing comes, and the time and the appointed times of God, which are, bless God, then, then, then spiritual eyes begin to become open. They become open. And once those eyes begin to open, what happens? They begin to ask questions. And when they begin to ask questions, the next part that takes place, bless God, then things get out of hand. And I don't mean out of hand badly. I mean out of hand in a good way. In Jeremiah 5.25, it says there, Since that day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt, unto this day I have even sent unto you all my servants the prophets daily. 
rising up early and sending them. Yet they hearken not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their necks, that they did worse than their fathers. Now, don't you think, if you stop and you think about that for a minute, don't you think that's probably the truth? That we, that, that, that even though God has sent the prophets, that probably in our generation we, we have done worse than our fathers did. And I, I you know, I, I look at this thing simply by saying, I know very, very well that my grandfather, in my grandfather's day, they would have never tolerated. They never, I'm going to tell you something. My mom told me she can remember this little girl growing up, and she can remember that little town they lived in, that there was a woman that, that got divorced. And divorce was a no-no. You just didn't do that. And my mother was not allowed to go over to that little girl's house. Now, that little girl could come to my mother's house and could play with my mom, but she couldn't be seen on the property of that divorced woman. They were shunned. Now, today, divorce is at such an epidemic rate that it's just part of life. I mean, you don't, you know, I mean, if you go to school and find kids, uh, parents that are divorced, when I was even a kid, you, you know, you, that was kind of, it was unusual. It happened, but it was unusual. Today, it's the norm. So that's exactly, that's exactly what was going on here. And, and when you begin, when they begin to examine this thing, and it goes on to say, Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken unto thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. But thou, but thou shalt say unto them, This is the nation that openeth not the vo- that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished, and is caught up, cut off, uh, cut, cut, cut off from their mouth. Now, the part that I like is, that bless God that he's saying they will not receive correction. Do you realize that the church, and I don't know how they, I don't know how, as I keep saying, I believe the prophets are pushing harder and harder and harder on the church. And I believe that. I'm seeing it everywhere I'm going. And I believe that we're bringing the church to the point where they don't have any answers. They, they don't have answers. They, 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 they don't have answers. When they got, you know, one, one a fellow come up to me the other night and said to me, he said, you know something, prophet, I'm going to go back to my pastor and I'm going to ask him why we quit keeping Saturday Sabbath. I said, oh, you are. He said, yeah, I am. And he said, I'm going to demand an answer. And I don't want him to tell me that, well, it's because we keep Sunday because we're Christians. He said, I'm going to tell, ask him to go find, dig and find out. He said, I bought the tapes, and he said, I know that I know. But he said, I'm going to ask him to go. He said, I'm going to see if he'll dig into this thing and give me an answer, or all he's going to do is just stand up and say, oh, that's a bunch of bunk, and it's for the seven-day Adventist. I said, well, you let me know how that comes out, because I'd be interested. I said, I'm going to tell you what I believe. I said, I believe all he's going to do is give you a bunch of lip. Because I said, to sit down and study this thing would take time. To go to the to go to the library and dig this thing out, which isn't hard to do, still takes time. But the fact of it is, it's there. So you see, so you see that the fact of it is that the church is beyond or above. I, I should use the word above correction. The church doesn't want to be why? Because they're right. They, we've been right all this time, and that's what they're telling us. And you know what they're saying? Oh, I'm going to tell you what, uh, Prophet Deckard. He's just he's trying to start a, a, a revolution. You bet I'm trying to start a revolution. I'm trying to start something, bless God, that's going to lead all the way to the throne room of God. It's what I'm trying to start. And we're going to get it started. It's already going. People are ready to hear it. I walked into that big, that big auditorium and I stood there uh, on Sunday night and I said, Listen! Put your ear to the Spirit and listen. 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 Do you hear God? Do you hear Him speaking? And then I said, did anybody hear the pin that dropped on the carpet? It was that quiet. I said, God is speaking to His people. And He's saying, come on. Come on. Come on. The next verse says this. 29. Cut off thy hair, O Jerusalem, and cast it away, and take up lamination on high places, for the Lord hath rejected the forsaken and, and forsaken the generation of his wrath. 
For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house, in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. And they have built the high places of Topeth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnon, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not. Neither came it into their heart. And what's God saying? You've got to realize, enough becomes enough. And he says, I rejected that generation. Can God reject a generation? You bet he can. Did he reject a generation? Absolutely he did. Now, what does it take with God? You know the neat thing about God, once that you see that you're wrong, all you have to do is repent. That's all that's needed with God is repentance. And thank God that we live in the time that we live in because we have... His Holy Son, Yeshua, that is our advocate. He's the go-between. And He goes to the Father with our petitions to see to it that we are forgiven through His name. So we have something different than that generation there had. And we can take advantage of that. And that's the reason I keep saying, you know, that we don't have to worry because of the time that we live in like they had then. At that point in time, because they didn't have Messiah, Mashiach, the whole nation had to repent before anything could happen. We live in the time and have come through the time called the dispensation of grace. We now, because of Him, Yeshua, we now can individually repent and we can come out from that thing and it doesn't matter whether the president comes out or not. Now, it does for the nation's sake, but it doesn't for the individual's sake. And that's, so there's a whale of a difference in that, but the, 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 the cry and the need is always the same. Repent, repent, repent. All right? Jeremiah 14. Now, Jeremiah, you know, he was one of these, uh, he's one of these prophets that, bless God, that he spit it out, and bless God, I'm, I don't think he cared exactly where it landed either, all right? Now, the 13th, uh, uh, 14, Jeremiah 14, 13th verse. It says this, Then said I, Our Lord God, behold, the prophet say unto them, Ye shall not see the sword, neither shall ye have famine, but I will give you assured, uh, you assured peace in this place. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 I Now that I've left Barbados, I just got today, uh, Stephen was telling me today, that, that bless God, somebody got on, on television and said, now, you know, the prophet came, this prophet Deckard came, and he prophesied these things that were come to this island, and he said, that's not going to happen. He said, you might as well believe that God is a Bajan, and this isn't going to take place, which means he's a, barba- a barbarian, a Barbadian, I'm sorry. Uh, that's what they call uh, uh, people from uh, Barbados, is Bajans or, or, or Barbadians. And so anyway, uh, and he said, this brother Deckard, he's gloom and doom because there's going to be peace. There's not going to be storms. There's going to be peace. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to assure you there's going to be peace. Now, you want to talk about an old boy stuck his neck out. Now, he's assuring the nation that there's going to be peace. And that this guy that came from another nation to warn them and tell them, you must repent and come out. You must change your ways. You must seek the Lord God. You must keep, the, keep Shabbat. You must keep New Moon. You've got to keep the festivals. This guy's full of hot air. Then the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, and a thing of naught, and the deceit of their heart. And that's what they're doing today. They're not, they, God didn't send them. You think God sent that, sent that, that, that guy there? You know what the problem is? They're afraid. They're afraid that the people's going to get a hold of a message that's different than their message, and if they do, what are they going to do? They're going to have to have another means of employment because nobody's going to show up for them. And that's exactly what it means. But as I told you, I, I, I prophesied that we will see during this year of 2006, we will begin to see uh, the people coming out of the organized church. I, I sat in the hotel room uh, the Sunday morning, Don and I did, uh, getting ready to go to a Sunday morning uh, service, and, and I got ready, and I was sitting there, and I turned on the TV, and there was a young man on there, and the multitudes of people had gathered, and, 
and this guy was preaching. I sat there and I listened. And after about 15 minutes, I shut the thing off and I looked at Donna and I said, he spent 15 minutes and said nothing. He could have said what he said in two. He spent 15 minutes going through all that rigmarole. No anointing. There was no anointing there. And yet the, the multitudes of people had gathered. Now, brothers and sisters, how long, how long is it going to take us to come to the place of realization that's not working? That's not working for them people. It never has worked like that for them people. But yet at the same time, people are gathering there, and you know what this, this, this young guy's preaching? Peace, peace, prosperity, things are going to get better, they're not going to get worse. That's what this guy said on TV in Barbados, that things were going to get better. You were going to see them get better. This is going to be one of the best years the world had ever had. Well, we're going to see. You know, that's what the Lord always said. You know, when people prophesy stuff, just sit back and see if it's going to happen. Now, 15. Therefore, thus, thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I send them not. Yet they say, sword and famine shall be in the land, sword and by sword and famine, I'll get in a minute, shall those prophets be consumed. Now, the word consumed is destroyed. Now, I'm yeah, I was talking about the fact that I had said something about the fact that we're going to start seeing ministers dying in the pulpits, ministers dying, period, because God's going to move them out of the way. Now, he said there that if they're into that stuff, that he will literally destroy them. Isn't that what it says? Now, again, the paralyzation of that under this generation is now. Prophetically, that's going to take place. And, and I got talking along those lines, and these two ladies come up and said, she said, Brother Decker, let me tell you something that's already happened. I said, what is that? And she said, we were in a church, and, and our pastor was up there talking about some other preacher and how he was so wrong, and he, he fell dead right there on the spot, had a heart attack, and died. I said, then that's the sign for you to understand. That's the sign for the people to realize that God is going to change. It's going to change, folks. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, once God gets in a matter of this, you see, we have already, uh, we have already destroyed ourselves because in, in, in Deuteronomy 28, we walked out from under the law. That's the reason there's so many people with heart problems, with blood pressure, with diabetes, with everything else, because we departed from the covenant. Now, God is going to bring us back to the covenant, as He's doing, and then we're going to do what? We're going to walk up right before God. Now, what's he going to do there? He's going to destroy. See, I, I kept saying to the Lord, I said, well, Lord, how, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? I can't go to every city and bless God, go around and, and curse every, every preacher that's, uh, that, that's coming against what God's trying to do at this point in time. There, there, there's too many cities, there's too many preachers, and too much going on. And that's when God gave me this scripture. He said, you don't have to worry about it. He said, I'm going to destroy him. He said, I will destroy him. He said, you prophesy and tell the people I'm going to destroy him. He said, they're going, to, they're, going to, they're going to leave those pulpits. And like I said, there's going, to become, there's going to become... The way that you're going to see what's going on during this year, you're going to start seeing some of this, some of this ministry on TV is going to start whining a lot about money. You're going to hear them whine about money. They're needing money. They're needing more money. They need money, need money. And then the next year, in, seven, in 07 and 08, you're going to see a bigger exodus uh, uh, happen... Until then, all of a sudden, it's going to happen. You know, when so many people start leaving somewhere, and after a certain amount of time, the ones that are there look around. One time, a young girl come and said, I wish I, when I said young girl, she's probably 28, 30 years old. And she came to me, and she said to me one time, she said, I preached a hard message. It was right here in this room. And I preached a real hard message. And the next week, I think we had about a third of the people didn't bother coming back. They were mad at me. And, and so somebody said something about it, and I said, well, you know, there's the, the neat thing about getting mad, you got an opportunity to get glad. I said, so, so anytime you get mad, think, well, I could get glad. Because I said, that's the way it works. And, and so when it got done, this young girl said, she come up and shook my hand. She said, she said, well, uh, uh, Brother Deckard, she said, I just want to tell you I won't be back. I said, oh, I said, you mad at me too? And she said, no, uh, no. She said, but I don't want to be here when everybody else leaves because it's going to look bad. And I looked at her and I said, you what? She said, well, I, I don't want to be left here and everybody else be gone because it's going to make me look bad. I said, well, I'll see you. Goodbye. And so she left. 
And I thought, and that's been years ago, years and years ago, and I thought to myself, I thought, now that is the mentality that most people use, that they want to be sure that they don't want to get caught uh, being the last rat on the ship, as they say, all right? And I think that that's probably a lot of what we're going to see here. When these exodus start, become, start becoming very evident in some of these big ministries, I think what's going to happen is people are going to see it. I, I'm not holding back one iota about telling these people that they need to examine some of this big-time uh, national ministry uh, televangelists that are making all, all these millions of dollars. Some of these men, televangelists are bringing in millions of dollars a month. Not just a few dollars, millions of dollars a month. And there are people, bless God, that are doing what? That, that support them. Now, the only question that I, and I know that, that, that be on national TV and have that thing go on time, I know there's millions of dollars that's got to be spent for airtime, and I realize that. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. When is enough enough? And I've said this to a lot of preachers. How big is too big? When do things get to the point that you just need to... Now, now let me take, take this to the secular world. Today's business world is, you go out, you start a business, and they go, well, now, the business has done well. We've been in business five years, and look where we've come to. Now, what we need to do now is expand. And so the board meets, and they decide how they're going to do this expansion. They go out, and, and, and they borrow several millions of dollars. And at the end of the next five period, a five-year period, they sit down, and they find out that they're not any better off after they spent all that money to have expanded borrow all that money for the expansion, that after it's all said and done, they don't have as much as they did when the five-year period was over when they were small. And, 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 and this is what happens and what is happening today within our business structure. People are going... Now, have you noticed how these big corporations are going bankrupt? That's the reason they're going bankrupt. They didn't know when to stop. There has to be a place that you say, enough's enough. There's got to be a place with building these churches, these mega churches they're building, when enough's enough. But there's something about you and I, that will, our flesh man, that we want to see how big they can get, and we want to see how many people we can get in them, and we want to see how big of a nice building we can build to put them in. And that's where we're at now. And as I prophesied, these last days, what's going to happen is very simple. There are going to be small groups of people. I doubt, I doubt very seriously if we're going to see those groups get much bigger than 100, 150. Most of them may be 20, 25. They may be 10. The fact of it is that, that we're, we're, we're looking and we're going toward, now listen, the pureness of the Spirit. Now I'm going to say that again. We are pushing to bring the church to a pureness of the Spirit of God, which just means very simply that, bless God, that I would rather have, uh, have ten people that, bless God, that hearts are right before God, that's seeking God, and everybody going in the same direction, we will move mountains as in comparison to having twenty people out there and only ten of them, and these ten are hauling those other ten on their backs spiritually. Well, uh, I think that's where the prophets are going to come in. Because what I believe, the prophets are going to run off the other ten. And, and you know, I've had people say to me, say, well, well, Brother Deckard, where's the love of Jesus at and all that? I'll tell you where the love of Jesus is. Those ten that are trying to get to the place where they, when they pray that the building shakes, when they pray that the anointing cloud comes in where it can be seen with the natural eyes, when they pray, bless God, the manna comes down from heaven, when they pray whatever they need happen needs to happen, it's going to happen. That overrides carrying those ten deadbeats out here that won't get out of sin, the blessed God that won't seek the face of God, and letting these ten do everything for that ten. It's not going to happen. Not in the days of we... Not in the, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't think the people's going to tolerate it happening. I don't think it's going to. Well, now, Brother Decker, now, you know, last week we saw that glory cloud appear, and, and now, you know, we've got this new family coming in. I don't know about them. I don't know, Brother Decker. You know what? What do you think, Brother Decker? I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I still let them in. Well, you can't just cut everybody out. 
How's it going to work? I'll tell you how it's going to work. It's going to work the same way it has always worked. The Lord God, by His Spirit and by the anointing, is going to do what? He's going to cause those people that would come in, if you will, to show themselves. And, and, and we'll know. It won't take long to find out whether these people are for us or, or against us. It won't take long to find out whether dead beats or people who really want to get into this thing. But I believe that those of us who have been around enough years, we're sick and tired of the deadbeats. You know, Paul was trying to tell everybody, you know, hey, if you don't work, you don't eat. And that what he said? Well, the key is, if you're not going to seek God with the Spirit, then, then bless God, maybe you ought to go down the street somewhere. Now, that is one attitude that the orthodoxy has that I like. You know, you just can't get in an orthodox, an orthodox uh, uh, synagogue. You walk in there, and the first thing they're going to do is probably come up and speak some Hebrew to you. And if you can't speak some Hebrew back to them, they're going to say, Are you lost? And you're going to say, No, I just want to come to the synagogue. And they're saying, You must have the wrong church. I think you want the church down the street. And while they're saying that to you, one will get on one arm, one will get on the other arm, and they'll just help you right back out the door into the parking lot. They won't do that. And let me tell you the other thing. You go to an Orthodox rabbi... And you tell him you want to become, you want to become a part of their congregation. I guess the easiest thing is you want to become a Jew, all right? Let's use it that way. And they're going to say to you, no, 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 I'm sorry, we don't want you here. Now, I'm, I'm telling you a secret that billions of people don't know. Now, the reason they tell you that is to see, will you come back? How bad do you really want to be part of what they're doing? And if you want it bad enough, you'll come back. And if you come back and say, well, Rabbi, I know you told me to get away, but I'm going to tell you something. I really believe I'm supposed to be part of this. The second time he'll say, go away, go away. No, no, we, 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 don't, we don't want you around. If they come back the third time, the Orthodox will take you in. That, that Rabbi will take you in. They'll begin to give you classes, begin to do the things that you need to, you want to learn. Okay? But that's the way that works. You don't just walk... See, in the church, you just walk in and sit down and say, Here I am. And then the next week or two, there they go. You know those, those church hoppers, you know them people? Well, bless God, Brother Decker, God told me, He told me that this is where I'm to be, and I'm to sit under your ministry, and I'm to be part of this. And I'm sitting there going, Yeah, I'm, I'll bet that's right. Two or three months later, there they go, out the door. I stand there and wave at them. But you see... It's too easy. It's too easy to get involved. And people get involved for what? All kind of reasons. You know why people get involved? They get involved selfishly in a church because they want to get out of it for themselves. They didn't come to give. See, the key is that we come to give. That's the key to each other. We have to, everybody has to have something to give or should have something to give. You sit there and say, well, what did I give tonight? Well, you flowed in the Spirit with us. You gave. You didn't take away from it. You gave. Let's go on. The people want to hear an easy, no-judgment message. Sure they do. Church today hasn't been and, and will never become serious until we turn it over to the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost. We have war, blood, famine, and sorrow. It's rocking our whole world, and yet the church is doing what? Oh, we need to pray. Murders and thieves are taking over our society. And bless God, we can't stop that with prayer either, can we? The church has become a den of robbers. Now, that's good. People uh, no longer want the truth. What they want to go to church. Do you know that there's a huge sect in our, in our, in our nation here that bless God that never open their Bibles and go to church every week? Do you know that? Now, one of the things that the Roman Catholics used to do, and they, maybe, they, maybe they, this has changed some, but what they used to do, they didn't want the people studying the Bible. What they wanted the people doing is just what they told them to do, what they told them to do, and no more, no less. Now, that makes it easy, because then you have an audience where, bless God, you're not going to have any problems from it. Now, one of the things that we saw in the, in the Christian church community was... We saw things going an awful lot like that for numbers of generations, and then all of a sudden, bless God, the Wesley boys came along, and they began to speak and preach a gospel 
that was alive and began to challenge the people to study the Word of God. Then, then we saw the great Pentecostal movement come in, and bless God, when it came in, then that, you see what I'm talking? I'm still talking transition, aren't I? Then that was brought over into that, and then we got to the time where we got people studying the Word of God for themselves. And then, then there was a problem, okay? And, and of course, that always causes a problem. That always keeps the preacher honest, all right? And then we saw some exodus being made out of some of the Christian churches, because some of those people studying that word become to say, Preacher, how come, how come this? Why do we do this? Or why don't we do this? And it ended up that, you know, the, the, the preacher would give them their answer and then they didn't like it. The people go down the road until they could find somewhere they did. Now, what happened in the Pentecostal and the charismatic movements are we became so loose that, bless God, that, that the people, now listen closely to me, the people sitting out there thought they knew as much as the ministry sitting up here. And that's where the real mistake was made. You know, I, I had to tell some people uh, this weekend, I said, let me tell you something. You need to understand, if you're going to get into Messianic Judaism, which they all believe that they're going to at this point, I said, I want you to do something. I want you to sit back. I want you to relax and let us teach you. We're not interested in you getting on the Internet and deciding any, meeny, miny, mo. this is the way me and Joe's going to go. Because it's not going to work that way. And I said, if you think it is, you're in the wrong building. I said, if in fact you knew what I knew, you'd be up here, I'd be out there. You don't. Now that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound like we want it to sound, I'm sure it's a church, because somehow we want everybody on, on, on an equal basis. But now listen to me, we're not. The fivefold ministry is set apart. God set it apart. To do what? To teach you what the Holy Ghost is teaching us. To guide you how the Holy Ghost is guiding us. Now, does the Holy Ghost teach and guide the, the parishioners of the congregation? Absolutely, He does. But He does not teach them in the latterism as to the doctrine in which is presented from, these, from this holy place. This is considered holy by God. And when you stand in it, you better be clean. You better be a clean vessel. You better have repented. You better have come with, a, with the right heart to God. And we're going to see in time ministers fall dead that are walking in these places and prophesying and, and people thinking everything's all right and it's not, and you're going to see them fall dead. Why? Because God's done with all the guff. So, so as, as we grew, especially in the charismatic movement, in the charismatic movement the teachers came, began to teach, and then we got so heady and high-minded that we got to believing that we did know more out there than they knew up here. And so the battle lines were drawn, the battle lines are still drawn. But you know, it's like I keep saying to people, I said, and I, and I, again, I said it all the weekend I was out east, I said, let me tell you something, you got a better idea than I do, bring it on, but bring the power when you bring it. Because it takes the power and it takes the knowledge for this movement to work. And I said, without, without either one of them, it's not going to work. So you got a better idea and you don't got the power. The thing I'd say, sit right there until you get it, then come and talk to me. The fact of it is that God said that we need to move ourselves. And see, that's what God is doing. God is moving us, positioning us, and bringing us. What are we doing? We're coming back to a time when the Kohanim, the priesthood, is in operation like it was in the days of Moses. That's what we're doing where the glory cloud of God can and will come in, all right, by the anointing. Now, who's going to produce that? We are going to corporately, because, you know, I went back when I did the thing on, on, on the cloud. I remember going back, and I remember the congregation of Israel. And they were standing before Moses, and they were standing before Aaron. And, and the Word of God said, and they were all in one accord. They were together. See, that one accord thing is what brought the Holy Ghost back to this earth during the time that we call the, 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 the Festival of Pentecost. That, bless God, that, that they were there again in one accord. And God brought back, and He brought back the Holy Ghost to come to the earth. And I shouldn't say brought back, brought the Holy or sent the Holy Ghost to earth. And we were due with power from upon high. Well, the exciting thing about it is that we are now standing in that time. See, I don't, th I don't think 
the, 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 th- the three times that I've seen that, that physical cloud that I've seen, I don't think that that happened because I'm so holy. I think that happens as, a, in, as an example or example to the people, to all of us, to say, hey, that's possible. That can really happen, but it's going to take us coming together, unselfishly together. And when we can do that, then we're going to see times when we are going to have those types of things happen consistently. And see, I'm one of these guys that likes the consistent part. I want to see consistency. But there can't be consistency when, in fact, we've got ourselves out here going 15 different directions trying to figure things out. Now, one time I remember a brother coming to me and he said, Now, Brother Decker, he said, I, I, I respect what you're preaching and teaching about. I forget what the subject was. But he said, I, I'm going to tell you something. He said, You're wrong. And I said, okay. I said, then what are we going to do about this? Let you take over me, go sit down? Oh, no, 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 no. I said, well, what do you want to do about this? And he looked at me and he said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, then what's to be done? If you're right and I'm wrong, you need to be here and I need to be there. But I said, if I'm, I said, if not so, you've got one or two, two alternatives. Bless God, you're either going to have to realize that we don't, don't steal. See, don't steal from the corporate anointing because you think you know something. The thinking is what gets us in trouble. You know, I, 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 one of the ministers out there, uh, out there in Washington, in D.C. this, this weekend uh, came to me because I, I mentioned the fact that uh, God sent an, an angel to, to, to visit me. And he came to me and he said, you know, Brother Decker, he said, do you think angels will vis- visit all of us? I said, yeah. Yeah, I said, we're coming to the time angels are going to visit us. I said, angels are going to come to us. And he said, well, you know, he said, when you talk about an angel coming, he said, that sort of takes away from dreams and, 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 and visitations of, 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 of what we believe angels just that we can't see and, and, and an audible voice and a quiet, still voice. And he said, and even your open visions. I said, for me, you're right. I said, I think it's that way altogether. I said, uh, uh, when, when an angel comes, see, you bypass. You don't have to worry about trying to interpret the dream. You don't have to worry about trying to decide, now let's see, is that my mind speaking or is that the Spirit of God speaking? You don't have to worry about the visions of speaking in the vision saying, yes, Lord, this is what I see. The angel's there. The angel says, this is the way it is. This is what I want. This is what's going to happen. Now, that's what's going to happen in these days that are just, we're just coming into. And I'll tell you why it's going to happen. As the Spirit of God progressively becomes stronger and stronger into the body, into the corporate move, the powers of darkness are going to also become stronger and stronger. And, and so there's going, to be a, there's going to be a terrible clash that's going to take place. We have to guard against that clash. We have to understand that, bless God, that the clash... The clash isn't going to do anything but bring division. We don't want division. What we want to do is to be together. Now, now, when the Lord God said that divided, we shall fall. He said shall. He didn't say maybe. You know, again, the fact of it is, the church is so divided that it fell centuries ago. And, you know, I don't know what the argument is myself. I know what it is. It's called spiritual eyes that can't see. But when you look at this thing, bless God, you know, united we stand. Well, we're not united. Divided we shall fall. We have fallen. So what's the problem? If we have fallen, we're not going to get anything done anyway. The only thing that we can do is bring the remnant forth in this last day and cause that remnant, bless God, to rise up with the power of the Rahapodish and take over and do the things that God wants done. That's what's going to happen. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. 
So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.